Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts, John the Vernomatic Verno and Metal Forever Mark. Good evening, everybody. I'm the Vernomatic, and welcome to this week's show. As always, Thursday nights, new content drops. Visit the MetalMayhemROC.com website. There you'll find direct links to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, however you get your podcasting content. While you're there, do us a favor, download some past shows, review, subscribe to the podcast. That stuff helps the bottom line. Sign up for our email newsletter. This is your chance to get into weekly drawings for show merchandise, giveaways. And mid-July, we'll be giving away uh, new Metal Mayhem ROC gear. New merch page is opening up. So uh, sign up for that email newsletter. Get yourself in the drawing. Don't touch that dial, Metal Mayhem listeners. This is Southern Cal taking over the studios tonight up here in Rochester, New York. Tonight we are going to be turning the tables around on the Vernomatic, turning the interviewer into the interviewee. Also, we're going to be talking a little bit later on about uh, Nico McBrain's Rock and Roll Ribs, a little review of that restaurant that I tried out a few weeks back. So stay tuned for that. Vern, good evening. How are you doing tonight? Uh, Southern Cal, I'm doing fine. Well, I'm wondering how the hell you got past our uh, house security down here. My ninja-like <laughs> assets got me up here tonight. Uh, I guess um, the cat's out of the bag. Southern Cal's uh, up for his uh, summer uh, visit to the Rock, and he's up here in the Metal Mayhem ROC studios. So, uh, obviously, Cal, it's great to see you. And uh, what do you got on tap tonight? Something oh. about the interviewer and the interviewee. What do you got going? Tonight, Vern, we are going to turn the tables around, and uh, you are going to be our interview tonight. Uh, just to give everybody a little bit of a history of the Vern, uh, where he came from, how he made his bones in this business, and uh, still going today. Um, way back to, let's say, uh, let's go back to the uh, WRHR days. The, oh, back in uh, the mid-'80s. Mid-'80s. Uh, doing a vocational course in radio and TV broadcasting, Guy I did a class with, a fellow student, goes by the name of uh, Cheech. Cheech and I became uh, blood brothers through metal, and we pitched a show to the brass over at WRHR up here in Rochester, New York. It was a, a, a educational station, FM educational station, to do a weekly heavy metal show on Friday nights. So uh, that was the beginning of my broadcast career, Metal Mayhem Junior. Uh, the first take it was the name of the show was metal mayhem it was a, a debuted in august of 1985 and um it was the beginning that's it um to mention again uh your the buddy cheech that did that show it was always a great show i know uh we had a, you had a little bit of a, of a rivalry going on with uh another competing let's say metal show that was on around the same time and especially 
after the Vernomatic landed the Metallica interview in 86. I wouldn't exactly say it was um, a rivalry, if you will. It was uh, what, what Kel's talking about was uh, Metallic Overdrive. It was a, uh, a heavy metal show that was on the airwaves before us. And these guys were the pioneers. Uh, the Warhead, the Cranker, Gino the General. This is all well documented in the three-part Ron Stein series that you could find at MetalMayhemROC.com that we did on the Lakeshore Record Exchange. So basically what it was is uh, these guys hung out with Metallica when Metallica was here in town recording the first album. And by the time Cheech and I got an interview with Metallica, it was about three years later when they were in town on the Kill or, uh, Master of Puppets tour. Opening up for Ozzy. Yeah. So uh, but nothing but respect. I mean, uh, Metallica Overdrive... Um, we were fans. Oh, it was totally fans. You know, it was uh, they, they were the shit. Just let it go on the record. They were yes, the great guys. You could call at three in the morning. The warhead <laughs> would still be up, cranking it out. Give him a request, and he'd get that on as soon as he could. For a, a fan of all metal, as is the Vern, telling you this guy is full of knowledge about just about every band you can imagine in in the rock and roll and heavy metal format type of music. Um, a lot of the bands uh, I don't really listen to, but the Vern will tell you all about them, um, knows everything. And that was what I always uh, appealed to me from Vern was that it didn't matter the band. It was all about just the music and reporting the music um, that came out at the time, no matter really what it was, as long as it was some hard rock or some heavy metal or just some good old rock and roll. It, Vern was always about that. Well, Kel, I appreciate that. And a lot of what metal and hard rock, it, it's all about the attitude. You know, you know, you could go back to the 70s and some of that stuff wasn't metal per se, but it had an attitude. Yes. Some of that like mid-70s REO Speedwagon, that right. stuff was great. Sticks, you know, one of our favorite bands, Rush, you know, you, you could almost say like the first album may have touched on metal, but yes, but yes. you know, it was the attitude and it was the hard rock. And then when we started uh, getting into the kiss and Ted Nugent and you some know, blue oyster cult or something. Yeah. And realm. Van Halen, you know, yes. it was, um, but thank you. It was, um, you know, it's in the blood. It was, um, you know, I'm 53 years old and you know, I've been jamming this shit since seventh grade. So, right. you know, you know I'll do the math. You know, a good example would be like, back in the day that the the first two let's say motley crew albums i was really into but then after that they kind of they left my wheelhouse let's say and uh but the Vern would continue on with these bands and keep up to date with these bands and so you could say that was kind of a, a good example of from a motley crew um started out really good for me but then kind of faded out and i had picked up other interests at the time metal church bands like that so after the wrhr show you and the Cheech took off up to Toronto to continue on your education. Expand on that for us, if you could. Uh, fall of 1986, graduated high school in the spring of 86, and this Cheech, Cheech Carbone we're talking about, him and I went to school in Toronto at a vocational recording arts school, Trebus Institute of Recording Arts. You know, at the time, it sounded like a good idea, but I'm not a musician, you know, I can't play music. I've tried. I don't know music theory. And the the curriculum was a little overwhelming for me. I just couldn't grasp it where if you're a musician, 
I don't know if you play or anything. A little guitar, a little bass. Okay. Okay. I slapped the bass. <laughs> good, good. Uh, well, I don't know how much theory you know. Uh, none. So, none. Yeah, so um, it was a great year. We lived in Metro Toronto in the fall of 1986. We lived in an apartment building called the Maples, which was on the same building as Maple Leaf Gardens. Yeah, the backside of Maple Leaf Gardens, which we happened to catch an Iron Maiden show up there and an Anvil show, by the way, yep. and met the band, which was uh-huh. awesome. Awesome weekend. Um, the U.S. dollar was like $1.60, and this was 1986, where metal was just like, it was huge. It was the mid-80s. Mid That's what it was all about. So fall of 1980, uh, Cheech and I go up to Toronto, and uh, we're studying recording arts. Uh, we're seeing shows all the time. We're going to the Gasworks. We're going to Maple Leaf Gardens. We're going to Massey Hall. I saw Slayer at Massey Hall. We went to the Concert Hall. For those of you who don't know, Massey Hall was where Rush recorded their All the World's a Stage album. Yep, yep. I'm going to throw that out. Here's a quick little story. Um, fall of uh, September 27th, 1986. Get out of school. I go into the record peddler, which was across the street from the house, go walking in, and the guy that I became quick friends with, you know, the uh, the house know-it-all guy, looks at me, and uh, I'm looking at him. He goes, you didn't hear it, did you? And he told him that's how I found out Cliff Burton died in the in the bus accident over in Sweden. A sad time in American metal, for sure. Uh, but the flip side of that, three months later, Metallica is playing Maple Leaf Gardens with Jason Newstead in the band. Right. So. Carrying on. Well, let's tell it was uh, what happened after the Toronto gig Did you, when you came back to the States after that. Spring of 1987, I came back to Rochester. I took some communications courses at MCC and really wasn't sure what I was going to do. I still had the bug for broadcasting, which I was doing in high school, but I spent a year with the recording arts. You know, there I am, 19, 20 years old. It's the late 80s, just like the rock was going out of style. The 90s was on the horizon. You know, we were all, we were a couple of years after high school. You weren't sure what you were doing, but I knew I still loved broadcasting and metal and all that so i bounced around a little bit and then in the fall of 1990 i uh, went to herkimer county community college for broadcasting it was one of the top juco broadcasting facilities in the northeast at the time they had state-of-the-art new equipment and i studied broadcasting there for a couple years got uh, graduated from there and then worked in the industry for a couple years And what I didn't do was follow through on that broadcasting path because I eventually met a girl that I ended up marrying. And so in the communications field, a lot of it, you go from city to city, working your way up to different higher level jobs. Yeah, Ask Howard Stern about that. Yeah, yeah. Private parts. You know, anyone that's out there listening, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But. I never lost the passion for metal, and I never lost the passion for media and communications. Now, when did the when did the Metal Mayhem ROC start, show start? Metal Mayhem ROC was the brainchild of both myself and uh, my co-host, Metal Forever Mark. Now, Mark and I knew each other from high school. He was a year or two younger than I, 
But, you know, he was a metalhead, but a, a little younger. Didn't have the uh, history that we had going to our Penny Arcade shows, club level shows sure. in Rochester, or being on the forefront of the big four. You know, we were there when all those bands were coming about. Oh, right at the very beginning. Right at the beginning. And Mark uh, has worked in professional sports, marketing, and ticketing for the last 30-plus years. He's worked in Chicago, Washington, D.C., New York City, and making contacts along the way. And he actually started a website called Metal Forever that is still going to this day that back in the days of um, post office boxes. And, you know, he's been doing this for a long time. So when he came back into town, we took a trip to London, Ontario to a Judas Priest show. And it was funny. We'd still tell the story when, um, you know, we, uh, we, we met up and we got in the car and I got CDs. He's got CDs. And we're like, you know, we had enough CDs for two weeks of a road trip. And you know what? We just sat there and talked the, you know, the whole that four hour trip was like 10 minutes. And, you know, we had such a passion and going back and forth telling stories that it just sort of organically developed. It's like this was like three, three years ago where, you know, everyone's uh, podcasting was getting more accessible and people are doing it. And I never lost that broadcasting bug. And I'm like, you know, my kids are growing up and I have a lot more time. And we just uh, started the Metal Mayhem ROC podcast. There you go. Just to give you a little idea of how just serious about his music is the Vern Amatic. I met the Vern in seventh grade in a study hall class. And, and when we were in that, you could bring in your albums during the day and go down to the library and you could jam your Rush albums or your Sabbath albums. And Vern would just happen to look over and he sees my Rush albums. Now, his question to me was... Do you have archives? Now, if you know Rush, you know that archives was a re repackaging of their first three albums. So if you own the first three albums, why would you buy the archives album? Well, I'm going to tell you, if you're a serious Rush fan, you need it all. <laughs> so to have archives showed you, it, it made a statement of how big of a Rush fan you were. So of course, my answer to Vern was, duh. Yeah, I got archives. And then we became friends from that simple Rush spotting of an album. And uh, continued on. And let me just tell you, this is just the fervor and fever of this kid and his music and the love of music to all extents, even going to a concert. We, uh, we attended a concert in Weedsport. Uh, we saw Metallica. And Vern had been there to a concert before and noticed that the, uh, the security shirts there and how they looked and stuff. So when Metallica came, next thing you know, the Vernomatic <laughs> has a, a counterfeit security shirt on which worked, by the way. Um, we got up to about, I think, second or third row before I just could not take the metal mayhem that was going on at the time up there. But it worked. It was sick. I mean, who thinks about this stuff to, to do these things? The Vern, the Vernomatic. It was, it was awesome. That was a great, great tour. That was the... Black, wasn't it? No, it was... Um, they opened up, Cult opened up for them. The Cult, it was, uh, it was July 89. It was Injustice for All. Oh, what a dust bowl that was, it was. that, that <laughs> weed sports speedway. But just a sick show. And I just thought that was awesome. Vern takes the shirt off, and he's got a, a security shirt on. Well, there you go. It's like our ticket to the gig, our ticket to front row. And we, uh, we made it up there pretty damn close. Great, great time. Well, Vern, if I may ask you, um, I got a a listener question that's coming from uh, little Dylan Toker down in Melbourne beach, Florida. And he asked like, 
hey, if I want to get into this business, tell me how to get started and where to go and, and maybe just to get my foot in the door and, and how to get going in, a, in this business of broadcasting. Oh, that's a great question, Dylan. How old's Dylan? Dylan is 18. Uh, my bit of advice, d- does Dylan, uh, if he doesn't have any experience, I would either go to get some education or go somewhere and offer my services, get inside the room. Get your foot in that door, yeah, any door. Just, yeah, any door. No, any experience in any relationship is never too small. And it sounds cliche, but never burn a bridge. But just um, have confidence in yourself. You're putting yourself out there. Well, this, this kid is a smart kid. Um, he has come into my store a few times. Uh, when I actually, I, he just has a, such a love for metal music and listening to it and listening to the DJs or, or listening to our podcast, which he tells me he listens to all the time. Um, he just, uh, when, I, when I saw him wearing the, the Kill Em All for One tour shirt, you know, this is a kid who's 18. He wasn't even born yet when all this happened. Yeah. Well before he was even born. So, I mean, we were only 14 at the time, I believe, 82. Was that the tour, 83? 83. Yeah, so we were 15 years old, 16 years old. This kid wasn't even around yet for two more years, but... He is just so into all this stuff, and he just wants to, after listening to these podcasts and stuff, it, it piques some interest in him, and he's looking to get going in the business. So, uh, Get education to you know circle back. Get some education. Never minimize education. Um, and just read and just listen. Listen. Just listen to Metal Mayhem ROC. Listen to you know Eddie Trunk. Listen to... Th- other local podcasts, listen to the radio, listen to stuff outside of your comfort zone. Under, listen to broadcasting in media podcasts. Understand what it's all about. Now, Vern, it has reported that you have seen over 500 concerts. <laughs> Is this true? I believe we tried to count that out one time, and I helped you out a little bit with it, but never never confirmed it. I would, I would have to say because... Uh, September 12, 1980 was my first show, Ted Nugent, Scream Dream Tour. You know, it's 19, it's 2021, was that 41 years ago? Uh, I do have about 80% of my ticket stubs still in the Vernomatic vault. Um, I don't have a spreadsheet or anything, but I think I, last time I checked when I counted the tickets I actually had, it was around 440. Dedication, I'm telling you, Judge, dedication. And if uh, even up to this uh, recent times, and here's Vern just still digging in, doing his homework. If he, if he didn't know about a band and what they were going to be talking about, he gets in there and he opens up that encyclopedia, Metallicum, and uh, gets on that, and which I like. That, and I'm going to do a plug for the site where the metal mayhem roc live radio show is we have a show on monday nights on thatmetalstation.com. and i'm going to tell you something southern cal since the four or five months i've been associated with this station and listening to those jocks we have jocks from all around the world that play music um that have shows they program their own shows and they're live djs i have been exposed to more music from different people just hyping me on stuff that it's it's amazing what these people have exposed me to now let's get something straight there's a million and a half bands out there 
and there's just too much. You could go anywhere and see these, you know, and you got YouTube, you got Spotify, you got Amazon, you know, there's a, a gazillion bands. It's not like the old days where the cream would rise to the top because it was harder to get either airplay or God, what was the, what, what was the Spotify back then? Getting on the metal massacre albums. Oh, right. Or exactly. Maybe, or maybe being in the top 20 in the old CMJ, the college music journal publications. I mean, how much harder was it to break in back then when really all you had was a, a magazine to learn about a band from, if you got a circus or a hip parader or a ripper magazine, this is the only way we could find out about these bands. Or if you, they were did some concert announcement, over the local radio show. Yeah, you're correct. But it's I appreciate the compliment, but it's impossible to stay on top of everything that's out there. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we were uh, talking, we had Jarvis Letherby of Night Demon and Sirith Ungle. He was the one that was hyping us on the new wave of traditional heavy metal movement. Yes. And, you know, you start getting into the, a lot, you, you Google that and then you see it. And like you were talking about night demon, that's a killer band enforcer. I've just gotten a couple of their CDs. Uh bullet has, you know, it's that type of music. That's what we gravitate to. Um, and, and that's what I, I tell you that night demon band. What a great band. Um, I knew nothing about them before I, uh, we did the interview with Jarvis um, after we got done, I, I got on YouTube to check this band out. I wanted to see what they were all about. I just wanted to hear how the singer was. Kill kick, you just kill her. Um, I watched the uh, Entrance video that they shot. I saw that. I watched with, that too. With Uli John Roth. It's just a killer voice on that guy, Jarvis. I just pays a, a great bass, sings great. The band is great. Um, and, and I found myself, you know, it's, it's the first new band in a long time that I've uh, taken a liking to. Being an old school, you know, can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, you got taught one, and that was Night Demon. <laughs> well, Great it, band. Yeah, and, you know, the, a lot of the bands that um, are, you know, like the, the new Flotsam, totally love the new chapter of the Flotsam, Armored Saint, except. What I liked is that uh, two of the people that we interviewed, uh, Jarvis being, well, actually, let's say all three, we had a, a killer metal mayhem month at here at ROC, um, we had James Rivera from Hellstar, Jarvis Leatherby from Sirith Ongle, and Michael Gilbert from Flotsam and Jetsam. All three guys were great. I loved how that they, as a, the first being James Rivera, stopped right in the middle of the show and just said, you know, this is the first interview where I really felt like I was sitting down and talking to friends, which is, I know what you try to do here. Um, we don't go off of cue cards and and have a lot of set questions. It's it's more let's ask this and then just see where it leads us. So, And that's and that, that was the angle from the beginning because, like I said, I listen to a lot of stuff. I know what keeps me engaged in different types of podcasts is, you know, are you educated, entertained, and do you enjoy it? I like everything you just said, and I also like the, the fact that we're – we're all about and you know we don't get paid for promoting anybody like this we're not a paid commercial advertisement but we like to get that metal out to you if somebody's breaking and dropping a new album you know we want to let you know and uh pretty much all three of those bands we we did in the month of may were all releasing new albums or some new releases which was uh which is another thing which i like about the show here all right before we head into this next part um i just wanted to thank the vernomatic for uh 
kind of bringing me in under his wing, and he's taught me quite a little bit about this business and uh, recording aspects and things like that. I started out, I remember approaching Verno and just saying, uh, you know, let me start with some record reviews, and I did uh, the Angel Witch album, As as Above, So Below, one of my more favorite bands, and uh, I got my foot in the door just to kind of refer back to Dylan about getting your foot in that door. And so that was my foot in the door. And I, I did started with these interview or these reviews of records and uh, Verno slowly brought me in to do some interviews, which I, I greatly appreciate. And I just wanted to take this opportunity to say thank you to the Vernomatic for bringing me in and now uh, into the uh, Mount Rushmore of metal. Many have tried. Most have failed. Only a few survived. This is the Mount Rushmore of metal. All right, tonight uh, I'm going to go with, uh, we're going to give Verno two. Um, seeing how he is the uh, the head of the show and he threw me an extra 20 bucks tonight, we're going to give him two <laughs> two top four uh, Mount Rushmore's of metal. The first being, Verno, give me your, your Mount Rushmore of favorite interviews. Oh, that's a good one. Um, favorite or best? Either one. Okay. Um Okay, well, favorites, uh, Greg Renoff from the Van Halen Rising and the Ted Templeman book. Um, uh, Definitely Andrew Robleski, the sound engineer from the Metallica Kill 'Em All. Andrew was a great dude, uh, lives right here in Rochester. Oh, there's our uh, house chime. It's. Time is not up tonight, Vern. <laughs> okay. Uh, Andrew Robleski. Um, which, which by, let me just say, was a great, great interview. That guy was great. I mm. uh, went back quite a ways digging back up to that Ozzy show again and, and kind of rehashing that and the memories that it brought back of that guy. Uh, great, great interview. Uh, this was a good one that he was really a cool dude. Uh, was Reb Beach of uh winger and white snake he released an instrumental album and you know i've always liked reb i remember seeing winger at silver stadium years ago and i just remember watching him play and i was really close and i thought he was you know a great guitarist and i've always like sort of followed him and it was cool to have reb on and uh probably the fourth one um Maybe John Bush of, of Armored Saint. Armored Saint, yeah. Yeah, John was really cool. Funny story with the John Bush interview. We had set it up with his um, PR girl, and the day that we were to do the interview, he didn't call. And we're like, you know, sometimes things happen and uh, communication is uh, stumbled. Well, uh, we gave it a couple minutes, and then we sent a uh, text to the publicist, and then five minutes later, John Bush calls up. He's and right off the bat, he's apologetic. He's like, "Guys, I am so sorry. Your time is valuable." Um, Which I believe you can hear a little bit of that in the interview about him calling in late and, yeah, and getting the time or something mixed up. Yeah, and he was. It was really cool because my co-host Metal Forever Mark made a funny joke when John said, "I'm sorry, I was out walking the dog," and and Mark goes. Well, John Bush walking the dog, that doesn't sound very metal now, does it? And John sort of giggled and said, well, you know. Probably got a good laugh out of that one. Yeah, dog's got to go. Like I said, since Verno threw me an extra 20 bucks for this one, 
Um, we're going to go with another Mount Rushmore medal top four for him. Give me your four Mount Rushmore sickest shows ever. Ever sickest shows ever. Um, well, one of them we have already touched on the Metallica weed sport. Okay. Metallica, I think at their height, the, uh, like I said, justice album, but it was the, it was the end of the justice tour. Yes. It, it was like a second part two of the justice. Yeah. Tour. And you know, with the first leg there with Queensryche, which yep. was great, but this was the outside one, uh, Van Halen, 1981, fair warning, another band at their pinnacle. It was just, uh, unbelievable. Um, the rush 81 moving you know, pictures, moving pictures, my, my first <laughs> rush show. Yeah. Moving pictures and ACDC for those about to rock tour. First time I saw them when they, that's when they used to have the real cannons. Is that the first or second night. I think the first one, I believe they played two nights on that tour, but yeah. you know, honorable mentions. I, uh, it's not exactly metal, but I, um, 1982, I went and saw Genesis at the Rochester War Memorial alone. Just went in there, bought a scalping ticket at like 17th row. And this was before, there, there was a great show. I'm surprised you haven't thrown any Kiss shows in there. Maybe like perhaps the Creatures Tour. Creatures. <laughs> you know, you know, we can go down, uh, right. you know, concert memory lane, maybe another Slayer, show. Slayer Overkill. At the arcade. I wasn't there for that. Okay. I was okay. in Toronto. But nice. but I had a chance to see Slayer at the concert hall earlier in the tour. Well, by three days. But um How about the uh, Motorhead Mer- Mer- Motorhead Merciful Fate and Exciter show at the auditorium? Yep, nineteen eighty four. My ears rang for a week after that. And when when they say Motorhead was loud, they didn't they weren't shitting. Yeah. Three three, four days my ears were ringing after that show. Yeah, so, you know, we go on all night, but um, these are all part of the estimated 500 shows that I've been to. And it's not bragging because there's people out there that maybe listen to this and say, fuck that, 500, man, try 1,500, and, and that's fine. It's not a competition. It's just we all have our war stories, you know. And I like, too, how you explain, like, you know, and they weren't all metal shows. Like, you went and caught Genesis. Like, you know, me and my wife, we we compliment each other, and uh, if if – I want to take her to, let's say, um, you know, a Saxon show or something like that. She will go, and even though she doesn't know the band, but in the same sense, I'll go see Duran Duran with her, which honestly wasn't a bad show. No. You know, not my band at all, but putting on and just watching a show, um, an overall show, it was really good. And uh, she took me to see Nine Inch Nails again, kind of out of my wheelhouse. But you know, then she'll go see Iron Maiden with me. So. It works out, you know. And uh, fuck Maiden, right? <laughs> How do we leave Maiden out of How, that? Yeah, fuck it. Maiden eighty two opening up for Priest, Number of the Beast. Yeah, that was great. Um, so I will say too, somewhere in time up in Toronto. Yeah, at the Gardens, great show again. Now I'm going to tell you something. One of the I'm going to ask you, Cal. Um, what is shows you've seen that isn't metal that? people would be surprised that you saw oh well obviously duran duran was a big one um not so much a concert but just recently it was on mother's day um i went down and saw the uh swan lake ballet with my wife again a ballet for a sick metalhead ranger you know it was uh one of those things where you you go and you you do it with your wife i had a great time even better after the after the ballet 
we went down to uh, Coconut Cove and uh, did the uh, rock and roll ribs thing with uh, Nico McBrain's restaurant, which we've tried to do before one time, but mm-hmm. uh, unable to go um, for great reasons, though. Nothing bad. And uh, we finally got the opportunity to sit down and eat in that place. And let me just tell you, it was uh, it's full of Iron Maiden memorabilia. You look around, they got guitars in there, um, a couple of uh, posters and some pictures and all sorts of stuff in there. You could spend at least an hour just walking around in there looking at all the, the swag that's hanging up in there. Nico is known to be in that restaurant. He's just not a, he's not a hands-off owner. He does show up and he does walk around talking to people. He loves all the employees there. We had a, um, a great meal, some of the best ribs I've ever had in my life. It was amazing. That's cool. That sounds good. I'm looking at the menu. John brought the menu up here. Like saying, then read off some of the names of some of those things. Well, they, they got as their appetizers, which are called the load in, the rock and roll onion stack, and the lazy roadie wings. And then we're going to go into a sound check, which is like some salads and things like that. The tour bus barbecue sand and the, the backstage chicken sandwich into your headliners, which obviously are the rock and roll chicken and the rock and roll ribs. Uh, the rock and roll combos and stuff. Um, side stage, left or right, we'll go left on this one, um, are all his little appetizers like French fries and uh, the Power Slave Coleslaw, which we tried, which was very good. And then, uh, you know, solo acts. You, you got the whole rack of baby back ribs and things like that. And then the concession stand, which they do sell the Trooper beer there, which was nice. We downed a few of those while we were eating our barbecue. I've had them before, and they're they're very good. And just overall, the service was great down there. Um, it was just a really good time uh, on a Mother's Day, and the place was packed. Not a place where I would probably take my mother, but just watching the they had a, a wait list going on, the to-go business that was going out the door. Um, obviously, they're doing something right there. And like I said, they had the, the best ribs I've ever had. I'm, I'm, I like ribs a lot, and they are probably my number one ribs right now. That's awesome. Well, um, maybe in the fall, make it down to um, South Florida where Kale hangs out. Maybe we could get down there again. He's mentioned uh, Metallica's playing down in where Daytona. Daytona, and don't forget we got uh, Ace Freely, who's opening up for Alice Cooper, um, October 10th in West Palm Beach and October 11th in Tampa. Cool. Well, circling back about shows that you wouldn't believe that I saw. Probably at the top of my list was Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Yeah. Let me well let me throw this one in too. Bruce Springsteen was another one. Never seen Bruce. I saw him at the Carrier Dome in Syracuse. Again, it was just a ticket. And 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 this last one, which I recently got a couple comp tickets for, was Eddie Money. Two tickets to Paradise. For real? Up in Coco, yeah. yeah. Up at the waterfront park along the uh, Indian River. There's there's four of them right there. You know, to me it a show is a show, and, and even if you're not into it, as long as the guy's putting on a great show yeah. and he's entertaining you, you had fun, and there you go. Ah, oh, fuck. Top Rushmore, Sabbath, Mob Rules. Well, there you go. Ah, oh, I'm going to be texting you all night. Right? Oh, do-do-do. Well, uh, Cal, we got to get out of here so um, because we do have um, practices and procedures up here at Metal Mayhem ROC. And- well, let me just take this opportunity to thank all the Metal Mayhem ROC listeners Uh for staying tuned tonight and letting me uh, turn the tables around on the Vernomatic and take over the studios here up here in Rochester, New York. It's my pleasure. All right, Cal, um, see your way out and make sure you tip my doorman. I got him on the way up. Okay. 
All right, that's Southern Kale uh, taking over the airwaves. I appreciate his help, his uh, dedication, and the effort to to uh, contribute to the show, get better, and learn. You know, sometimes we put ourselves out on here, and like he mentioned, you know, we don't get paid or anything, but we are still uh, take a lot of pride in what we do, and we feel we get better on every episode. And like John said, we appreciate the um, – the support and people listening and commenting and it all goes uh keeps us going it's all about the love for the metal yeah all right uh well until next week always remember i'm the vernomatic keep it heavy and uh we'll see you next week metal for life thanks for listening to metal mayhem roc check out our websites at metalmayhemroc.com and metalforever.com for information on upcoming concerts podcasts archives and all sorts of info please like follow and share with everyone even your non-metal friends catch us next time on wlfe tv radio it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football fantasypoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points fantasypoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play whether you play fantasy football daily fantasy sports or do a little bit of everything fantasy points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.